Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Because the boys in the front office are always hard. Come talking that trash in the pull your car. Knowing nothing in life but to be legit. Don't quote me skin. I ain't said spit. The John Daniels Show is brought to you by Evan Williams Bourbon and BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, joining us now is the general manager of the Texas Rangers. How are you doing today, J.D.? I'm good, Ben. How are you, man? Hey, we're awesome. And, uh, man, I want to start things off by uh, visiting with you about an article that Levi Weaver wrote in The Athletic, and it was about Brock Burke and sleepwalking. And um, I-, I wanted to ask you what, it, you know, because in this article it kind of talked about a, a pretty serious thing where Brock will sometimes wake up and he's even found himself, you know, out on a patio or balcony at a hotel and his roommate usually needs to keep dibs on him. And so I just wanted to find out um, how are you guys approaching whatever it is with uh, sleepwalking and, and not to underscore what it is, but how are you guys approaching all this with Brock? Yeah. Uh, first off, I'm, I got to admit, I, I was not aware of that until I read the same article uh, as you did. And um, obviously since I was kind of alarmed by it, uh, amused, but alarmed. And um, so it kind of just, Followed up with a, a number of folks on our side, Josh Shelton, our, our traveling director, first and foremost, just, you know, kind of see what we can do to, to uh, you know, put him in the, the safest rooms possible and, um, yeah, ask Woody and the coaches and, and our trainers just to follow up with Brock and see what's been done in the past and what else we can do. Um, you know, for the most part, it sounds like it's, it's relatively harmless, but, you know, anything that kind of could risk uh, any sort of injury we want to get ahead of. You know, John, is uh, I would like to talk about Brock the pitcher, but I'd also like to talk about yourself. Do you have any weird uh, – do you talk in your sleep? Do you remember your dreams? Do you sleepwalk? Do you sharpen knives during sleep? Do you do anything weird? Uh, my wife seems to think I, I'm, I'm kind of annoying and flop around and pull the covers off for her, but I think that's probably the worst. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big, like, dreamer. I don't typically remember my dreams. Um I don't really know what that means. Uh, if you guys can break it down for me, uh, psychoanalyze <laughs> me a little bit. But no, I'm, I'm uh, as I am in in most areas of life. I'm fairly boring. I was gonna say I don't remember my dreams either, and I think it means that you're just a realist. I think, <laughs> I think you're just ah yeah, screw the dreams. But let's talk about the pitcher. Uh, let's talk about all your young pitchers. But uh, since the last time we've seen you, we've seen Brock again, and I would imagine there's there's a lot of positives there on y'all's end. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I. I Early in the season, when he went down, had the little shoulder fatigue and, and the blister, it was kind of a, you know, a, a kick in the gut for us because because we really looking forward to seeing him all year. And I think he would have been up, you know, a month or two ago, quite frankly, if if not for for those issues. Um, you know, he was he just came in looking so good in spring training. Was really like more poised and polished than than I think we were even fully expecting even after we'd seen him in the mini camp and then he really just kind of picked up right there man i mean he's you know first start on the double header against the angels you know inning one you got trout and otani and upton and like you know some legit hitters there and uh and we had just had you know palumbo go out after an inning with the blister and we really needed 
a pick me up and, and he did just that and um super poised 100 degrees and, and handled it great and then you know same thing the other night he, he could have unraveled there in the first inning I think he had a little bit of challenges with the signs with Trevino, and and then after the double play, he came back out and, and was, you know, really good again. Uh, you saw him make some small adjustments. I think that helped his velo climb as the game went on. Uh, he didn't have his slider wasn't quite as good as game one, but his changeup might have been better. And uh, just kind of neat to see a, a young pitcher in a new environment, um, in a little bit of a tough setting, and dealing with a little adversity, and and, and make adjustments on the spot and not unravel. So exciting news uh, with your international signing class. I don't know what you can and can't say, but I'll leave that to you. I just know that there's a lot of things out there that have folks excited about the way you guys have handled uh, your signings. Yeah, you know, the news uh, that we're, we reached an agreement pending a physical with, uh, with Byron Laura, uh, is, is, and, you know, we'd um, uh, added uh, Bannister and, and uh, Maximo Costa earlier this this signing period and, and there might be some other guys coming down the line a star our international crew uh Rafiq Saab and, and Hamilton Wise and everybody involved with that I think this had a chance to turn out to be a really exciting class uh you're talking about two kind of middle of the diamond players and then a, and then a kind of a guy that profiles a real kind of middle of the order uh power bat he's a ways away 16 years old but um you know a coast of the guys that, that we've have officially signed, you know, he's kind of physically a little bit like Elvis where he's got that kind of the broad shoulders and, and really good frame. And then makeup wise, you know, our guys are talking about him in much the same vein they did when, when we first signed jerks and just really intelligent, precocious, kind of ahead of, ahead of his uh, age in, in that area. And then, you know, just like a true shortstop, um, you know, that really profiles a guy that can handle the bat and, and has shown the ability in a limited sample so far to hit velocity and, and do some fun things so we're excited about that group so i, I saw a picture online of uh byron laura standing next to uh, mike daly and he was a good foot and a half taller than than mike and it got me excited i'm thinking hey this guy's 16 he's already <laughs> huge uh so uh, first of all your thoughts on him being a foot and a half taller than mike and then uh <laughs> and then if that's accurate and then how do you how do you begin to I mean that's a lot of money but you know the reports are 3.9 million so how do you figure out if a 16 year old has the right makeup Yeah well Mike is Mike's 47 <laughs> so <laughs> picture is, is the scale um, got a 510 guy Yeah um yeah exactly like the rest of us in the office um no uh, uh, Laura's uh first of all, it's a really good question and one that you know that that we can do a lot of things to kind of get to the bottom of that. But the, listen, it, no, I'm not sure that if you lined all of us up, you know, everybody you guys work with, everybody here in the office, all of us at like 15, 16 years old, and you could get a pretty good gauge of like who had a chance to be, you know, driven and successful and motivated and all these things. But it, you're still judging teenagers on what they're going to be like 10 years down the line, right? When when they need to be like productive big leaguers and so there is a um, there's obviously risk associated with doing that, but I, we've got a lot of guys down there that are experienced in it, that have been around these guys. We put them through a you know a lot of different scenarios, um, you know, both on and off the field, where we try to get around them. We we go to dinner with them, we meet the family, we spend a lot of time in the home uh, with the parents, and you know you, you kind of want to know their education level, you want to know their maturity level, what kind of adversity they faced in their lives. 
how they handle adversity on the field. They're used to being the best kid from their, their neighborhood or, or whatever, and now they come in these prospect games and they're just one of the, one of the group. And, like, how do, they, how do they differentiate themselves? How do they uh, handle themselves? And try to make as best of a judgment as we can off all that information. John Daniels joining us on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. In reading uh, Evan Grant over the weekend talking about all the different things Ruggie has gone through, and this is, you know, kind of, I don't want to say become a tired story, but it's it's an ongoing story. He is under contract, but uh, Nick Solak looks like a really uh, promising young player who can play second base, and you had some quotes in the story. Is it safe to say that that's moving forward into 2020, that the second base position is a – is up for competition. How do you guys look at what's going on with some of the newer players and some of the guys you already have? Yeah, I just think in general, I think, you know, as we hopefully start to turn the corner from, like, talent acquisition, we're always going to be looking to acquire talent, but, you know, from from, from young talent acquisition to trying to put the team together to, to uh, you know, compete and contend and win, like, we're going to have to be realistic and have to be open to, you know, if, if – if somebody is not performing up to their capabilities, or, or quite frankly, just not performing to a level where we have other guys that are that are better suited to help the team, then we've got to be open to that. I mean, uh, the last couple of years we haven't had that same level of competition. I think you know it's going to be a little different the next year or two. Um, we've got some intriguing guys that are that are breaking into the big leagues and um, that you know to, to have have earned the right to at least compete for spots, and so. You know, it's not just about Ruggi and Solak, but that's an example where you know we're ultimately we're going to do what's what's best for the club. You know, really like both guys as, as people, and really, and both guys are talented. But you know, if if, uh, if the club's better off going one direction than the other, then you know we're going to have to listen to that. Uh, and just kind of to stay on that for a moment, wh- where do you like Solak best defensively? Do you think he? Because you know he's what coaches would call position flex. He can do a lot of different things. But where do you see him? Yeah, I, I am intrigued to uh, to kind of see if he can play third base, um, but that is a very much an unknown. Uh, I think he's willing to do anything to kind of stay up here and, and get in the lineup. Uh, he played the outfield his first two years at Louisville, and then he moved to second base, and he's been mostly a second baseman as a pro. Um, you know, I, I think the easiest thing to say would be a second base is his best spot if I had to really bet on it, but I'm intrigued to see. He's pretty athletic, and I think he's going to really put the work in. I'm intrigued to see how he plays at third. Yeah, I'm curious about Ruggie in that regard, too. Uh, obviously, he, he's he's already had – I mean, there's there's not a massive age difference there, and Ruggie's been in the bigs now for a while and had some success. Uh, but Ruggie is – you know, I think of him as only a second baseman. Uh, is it possible that you might entertain the idea of some position flex with Rugi and try him at some other spots to increase his his value to the club? Not today, uh, not today. But I, I think you know if we end up getting to a point where uh, you know the the best for the club is to have somebody else play second base, then I, yeah, I think we would have to explore those things. I would assume you're looking forward to Saturday, which will be the uh, retiring of the number for Michael Young. Kind of give us your thoughts on Michael and what's coming up this weekend. Yeah, man, um, really thrilled for him, first and foremost, as a friend. You know, relationships uh, uh, really, on a personal level, just been one of the more rewarding things for me, just, you know, kind of with uh, what transpired over the years here. Started off kind of really close to an unusual, like, 
management uh, player relationship, and then that kind of frayed and uh, around everything that happened here. And then so to be able to, to um, you know, have redeveloped that relationship with him and what he means to so many people in our organization, the community, what he's accomplished on the field, the you know kind of person he is, husband, father, and you know he and Christina, their family is awesome. So uh, I think he's got a bunch of family coming in for it. Uh, I'm just really excited for him personally to to be honored and and it's cool that we're we're able to do it here you know at this park before we move into the to the new one because this is where he you know he dominated and he led the team to you know the the playoffs and the World Series and uh, this is where he deserves to be honored. You know he uh, we got to know him much better when his playing days were over because you know he was he was the he was the leader of the clubhouse and he'd speak to the media but he was always you know there was a there was definitely a barrier there and rightfully so. But uh, that barrier's come down over time. We've gotten to know him, and it, he's one of the most extraordinary human beings I've ever met, regardless of anything to do with sports. Uh, but you are far more eloquent than I am, and I'd love to get your thoughts. You talked about the type of person he is. So if somebody hasn't met Michael Young, regardless of baseball, how do you describe Michael Young, the person? Who, who is this guy? Uh, first, he's really bright um, and, and well-spoken, um, very loyal. I mean, I think he's – He's one of these guys that has like kind of deep friendships from, you know, when he was in high school, and I mean, heck, he, he and Woody are friends from when they played against each other in, in you know, youth leagues and in, in California. I mean, I, I obviously like, you know, he's made a, made money and whatever in his career and had a ton of success, but I don't think he's changed a whole lot. Just, uh, you know, really cares about his his, his sons, really close, with his, tight with his family. Uh, just really highly principled guy that's you know not afraid to kind of speak up for what he thinks is right and um, and, and then to his credit he's evolved you know I just think his, his views on the game his views on uh, players his views on, on development have evolved as he's been exposed to different things and um, you know that's that's not something I think sometimes people have a athletes sometimes can have a tendency to kind of get stuck in and not just athletes anybody around sports. You know, we can kind of get stuck in our ways and stu- you know, and, and become the the grumpy old man, get off my lawn. And he's anything but that man. He's 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 got his views that are are solidified based on experience. And then he's been you know really open minded to the point that I mean, he literally just texted me a little while ago to like challenge me on something that that you know that we need to change or we need to adjust on. And he's uh, uh he's been you know, he's a good friend, but he's a huge asset to the organization. Awesome. Really looking forward to that. Thanks for the time today, John. We'll catch up with you next week, man. Thanks, fellas. There he goes, John Daniels, right here on the Ben and Skin Show every Tuesday at 1 o'clock. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.